This talk is brought to you by iBiology.org, and this audio was taken from a video available on our website. Hi there. I'm Dr. Rachel Kerr, and I'm a program director at the University of California, San Francisco. This video is about finding potential postdoc labs. First, I'll tell you why finding postdocs is different from finding positions you may have found in the past. And then we'll talk about successful strategies that we've seen students use to find these postdoc labs. So every year, we see students who are finishing their PhDs start to look for postdocs. And they do this in the same way that they found other opportunities that they've applied for throughout their training. They look online. They find postdocs by signing up for email digests from the journals that are relevant in their field, and they look at opportunities boards online from places like the National Postdoc Association or maybe their specific institution or a third party like Benchspace. And they do find positions, but we've seen that they don't really land the position that they want this way. And that's because only 22% of faculty hiring for postdocs openly advertise these positions online. So when students find positions this way, they're actually missing 78% of the opportunities. Plus, they're in a larger applicant pool since much more people apply to these positions that are posted. Instead of posting online, faculty offer postdocs to people who they already know or who have reached out to them by email. And what that looks like is um, creating a presence for yourself in your scientific community. A lot of students towards the end of their PhD make it a priority to go to a conference where the types of faculty that they're interested in working with are likely to be and present their work. And when they do that, it's an opportunity for them to showcase what they've worked on, also to display their ability to communicate their work. And faculty who are interested in working with them can approach afterwards and have conversations that start to be the beginning of an interview for a postdoc. So in a situation like that, maybe a year, a year and a half before you're ending your PhD, if you're able to have interactions like that with faculty, that can also be the beginning of your postdoc interviews. And just as a reminder, as I mentioned before, 78% of faculty aren't posting their postdoc positions online. Instead, they're giving them to people who have reached out specifically by email or who they already knew. So to find these hidden opportunities, students scout for labs. We call it scouting because it involves actively looking. Students who scout are more likely to find labs that fit what they're actually looking for because they gain access to a much broader array of positions. Plus, they're more likely to get offered that position. This also means they can apply to fewer labs to start with. And as a bonus, they develop skills that are key to getting future positions. Because while this might be the first time you're scouting for a position, it probably won't be your last. So what is scouting? Scouting is activating your professional network to help get a position that's right for you. Why activate your professional network? Because people in your network have expertise, perspective, and connections that can help you find what you're looking for. For any position in any career, an application is much stronger when you have people in your network who are able to critique your materials, write letters of recommendation, provide advice that you might have on career-related questions, troubleshoot issues you might be having with a colleague or a supervisor, and offer job opportunities. Your postdoc is no different, and scouting is the process by which you engage your network to strengthen your application in all those ways. 
So this means that scouting takes a team. And when students hear this, they sometimes become concerned that they don't know the right people. And that actually may or may not be true. So let's talk about who you're looking for by first identifying your circle of support. Circle of support can be both people that you know well, which we've mentioned before includes your thesis advisor, your committee members, people who have written letters of recommendation for you, your peers, and anyone else at the university who's been involved in your training. But it can also be people that you don't know that well. This might be faculty that you met at a conference a year ago, or someone who came to give a seminar at your institution and with whom you had lunch. It could also be alumni from your lab who you may or may not have met in person. And it could also be faculty who are involved in mentoring or DEI committees at your institution. So once you've got your list, then you want to reach out to them. You increase your chances of getting a yes when you refer to the people that you know. So for example, you can indicate how you know them by putting that person's name in the subject line. Or you can ask the person in your circle of support to forward your email to the person you're reaching out to, or maybe even get permission to CC them on the email. These are all signals of your connection. And when you reach out to them, your email is going to have four parts. Who you are, where you are in your journey, why you're reaching out to them specifically, and next steps or what it is you're asking from them. So for example, you can tell them that you are in your fourth year of your PhD and you're looking for postdoc positions. You're reaching out to them specifically because your labs have worked together in the past and you're interested in thinking about new directions for your research. And would they have 15 or 20 minutes to talk with you about some ideas you have? This format with four parts is valid for any email that you're sending in service of scouting for labs. So that includes emails that you send to your circle of support, in which case the fourth part, which you're asking for, is either advice or recommendations and also for emails you send to the PIs who have the postdoc opportunities that you want to apply for, in which case what you're asking for at the end is an opportunity. In those emails, you want to include your CV and your cover letter. And be sure to look in the resources section where we have drafts of all of these emails so that you can have a sense of how they differ. When you talk with them, first thank them. Reiterate your summary of what it is that you're looking for and what you've done so far in your search. The reason to summarize what you've done and what you're looking for is that it lets them know that you've put the work in. It helps them understand how they can best help you, and it makes it clear to them that they don't have to find the answer for you. Afterwards, follow up. Thank them for their time and advice, and specifically mention what it was you appreciated from their conversation. Students have told us that reaching out can feel intimidating or awkward or uncomfortable when they're reaching out to people that they don't know or that they haven't been in touch with for a long time. The strategy here is to be clear, concise, and civil. Respect that people that you ask for help from may or may not be able to, and it probably has nothing to do with you. So we've covered why and what and how to scout. Now we're going to talk about when. Most faculty want to have applications for their postdoc positions six to nine months before the position will start. And scouting takes time. So we've seen students start scouting up to a year before they want to start their postdoc. Keep in mind that you may want or need to take time off between when you finish your PhD and actually start working in your new lab. We'll talk about how to discuss start dates in later videos. So thinking about the last year of your PhD, you might be thinking, wouldn't I be busy? 
when am I going to be doing all of this other stuff? And you're right. It can be challenging to incorporate this extra work into your last year if you're not intentional about it. So we've seen students commit to working on this for one to two hours a week if they're nine or 12 months out from getting their postdoc, or even one to two hours a day if they're closer like three to six months out. And the closer you are to your launch date, the more time you want to invest. We've seen students actually block time off on their calendar. As something that they've never done before, it can be easy to underestimate how much time it will take. Another way to stay accountable to yourself is to join with peers. You might have other classmates who are graduating around the same time and want to spend time on this too. And a lot of students find that it's helpful to work in groups. So that's what we've seen successful students do to find postdoc labs. The next video covers applying to the labs that you find. Thanks for watching. Visit us at iBiology.org for more free talks from the world's top scientists. Funding is provided by the National Science Foundation and the National Institute of General Medical Sciences.